Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Boll & Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. Hey guys, Dr. Santos here, pediatric infectious disease doc and researcher. First off, those of you who signed up for the email, thank you. We appreciate it. Yay! And I hope you are enjoying your plague, which is <laughs> a weird thing to we, say as soon as yes. it came out of my mouth. But we, we have no true. <laughs> We have emailed a plague upon you. Uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, you're going to have to listen <laughs> so, as if there's no fast forward button. <laughs> so we sent you a computer plague, not a virus for signing up. <laughs> yeah. If though, Welcome to all of you folks who are new to the podcast, but one of our favorite segments around the world in 80 plagues has been made into a beautiful ebook by yours is truly. And it arrived, you know, uh, infectiously in your email inbox. Uh, so that's it. That's you give us your email and we give you a book. Simple <laughs> as that. Travelmedicinepodcast.com. Which brings me to this week because we already did one of everybody's favorite segments in the ebook, but it's an alternate week, which means it's <gasps> time for another. Yay! Of everybody's favorite. Journal Club! Yay! Yay! <laughs> oh, welcome all young and old to the Kermit Arms. If you yeah. see us at a live show, you may even get to see the puppet version of me do Kermit Arms, which is, <laughs> it's truly a sight. What everybody out there needs to take from that is that Dr. Josh has a puppet version of himself. You don't? <laughs> I, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm the weird one. 
I mean, I yeah. wasn't going to call attention to it, but <laughs> I'm, you're right. You're right. I it guess just in seems, this scenario, I'm the weird one. <laughs> it seems improbable, impossible, <laughs> and in line with the strange and unusual nature of our stories this week. Oh man, segueing it up. I love so, it. So <laughs> we'll start with the one to me that sounds the most sci-fi. Mm. Uh, how do you feel about tattoos, Santosh? Uh, I don't yet have one. I've never, you know, kind of gotten up the courage or found out something that like, oh, I'd really like to tattoo. I personally, though, when I see them, I think they're absolutely beautiful. I, I personally think like the body as a canvas is a, is a gorgeous thing. So certainly some people are concerned with having something outwardly on your body, but if that's the case, no worries, because scientists at the University of Texas at Austin and Northwestern University have uh, created a graphene tattoo placed directly onto your heart. (laughs) This tattoo is doctors already implant pacemakers or defibrillators in people with arrhythmia. Yes. However, these are fairly rigid devices and also run the risk of infections at the leads, uh, clots, or hemorrhaging from blood thinners you may need to be on surrounding the procedure, bruises, Mm -hmm. and just damage to soft heart tissues. All of these are acceptable risks, and it's not a reason not to get one if they're recommended. If it's needed, yeah. Mm -hmm. But the fact that there may exist something that could eventually lower that complication rate as simple as putting a small electrical sensing tattoo over your heart, which is essentially the world's thinnest cardiac implant. Oh, this is so cool. Now, I guess, well, we definitely have talked about these before, I know, except on the skin, meaning that right now, you know, you you go into the hospital right now and they put leads over your chest to monitor your heart while you're in the hospital. Um, you know, sometimes the the uh, pulse ox on the end of your finger and sometimes a temperature probe, but it would be so useful, you don't, to get like a temporary tattoo that could do all those things um, and not have, you know, as bulky and waste and, you know, wires and everything else like that. So we know about this concept on skin, but this is actually on the heart, huh? To fu- And so, yeah, uh, graphene's a conductive material, if I remember properly. And it's, I guess- It's one the of number most- five pencil. No, the- <laughs> yeah. Essentially, yeah, if you take a graphite, you know, something, you know, if if you and then you lay it down and then you put a piece of scotch tape on graphite and you peel it off, you get a single layer like that. Those carbon atoms in the lattice that they're in is called graphene. So researchers put a piece of a graphene electrode inside a thin silicone wafer and then covered it with gold tape. Mm-hmm. Measuring Which about is inert, yeah. Ten microns in thickness. <gasps> oh man! So wait, uh, let's remind everybody. So what's a hair? Seventy microns. So this is one seventh the thickness of a human hair. <laughs> so you have, and it is applied like a temporary tattoo. So the researchers have already tested this on live mice and rat hearts for Ooh. a period of sixty days. Okay. And during the tests, 
the graphene electronic tattoos or gets g-e-t's yeah <laughs> yay they named something properly successfully achieved cardiac actuation in mice and even treated cardiac arrhythmia in rats oh that's so good i love so that what is the difference between those two uh, Do you m- know? mice and rats size <laughs> <mostly>? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say cardiac actuation and arrhythmia. Oh, sure. Okay, gotcha. So uh, actuation, I believe they are referring to the kind of not just uh, rhythmic pumping, but when your heart pumps, it pumps in a very coordinated fashion to squeeze all of the blood in the proper direction. So it can't just be like a round squeeze. It's... um the the action is a little bit like wringing out a towel. Um, it's a very complete squeezing, so the chambers close down as much as they can to to push all of the blood in the proper direction. You know where and the valves direct the flow. But I believe that's actuation, and then arrhythmia, of course, is you know when the heart does not beat in a proper rhythm in order to properly deliver blood. Yeah, instead of a one, two. Three, four, you get a one, a two, an eight, twelve, fifteen. <laughs> Just all over the damn place. Yeah, like a like a crazy five-year-old learning how to count. But the idea that pacemakers could just be essentially pasted on like yeah. some boardwalk fair. <laughs> Well, it's pretty I mean, exciting. So it is so cool. I, you know, if you can get it down to where you can implant it onto a little mouse heart, um, I have dissected mouse hearts. They are very tiny and delicate. And if, if you can achieve proper conduction across that tiny little surface, then, oh man, you know, it, having this in your heart and you know, helping avoid an arrhythmia or defibrillating or something would be so much better, Josh, than the big bulky leads that we have now. I'm thinking of things like avoiding infection and inflammation that comes with the modern gadgets that we have nowadays. Moving on to our next story, uh, equally impossible, or used to be and now just improbable, what would you say, Santosh, is one of the least treatable conditions like literally when you find out you have it that is the television style you have x months to live as as a pediatrician the one that we are most scared of is an oncologic condition which is diffuse infiltrating pontine glioma which is a brain cancer uh, which you really can't get to you can't treat well and it's basically a death sentence but in infectious diseases uh, we can get to pretty much everything as long as there aren't too many complications and such. For many viral illnesses still, we have zero cure. And it's not really a living infectious thing, but prion diseases, those we don't even know enough about them to like attack the problem. Like it's It's that scary that, all right, you have this much time to live and the diagnosis is a pain and the treatment is there is none. Prepare to be slightly less terrified. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the cancer one or the, the, the prion one? The prion one. 
Oh, good. Yeah. Awesome. So I would have ex- loved for you to have swooped in and, you know, cured cancer too, but I'll take one. Uh, I only have so <laughs> many weeks free. <laughs> I'm sorry. Too much pressure. I apologize. An experimental therapy has dramatically extended the lives of mice that have Yay. been infected with prions, which is, of course, the same condition that causes Kreutzfeld Jakob disease or mad cow disease CJD, for those of you yeah. of a certain age. Yeah, yeah. So uh, bovine spongiform encephalopathy. <laughs> I love saying that so much. But yeah, it's essentially misfolded proteins that cause the, the reason it's called spongiform is they cause holes in your brain um, and eventually eat everything away and you're left just completely debilitated. There are other ones out and about in the world, such as Kuru in Papua New Guinea and uh, Scrapey, I believe is another one in some sheep. I think it was in Ireland. So Sangamo Therapeutics have come up well, here's here's the background on their study. One of the things that makes prions or infection proteins unusual mm-hmm. is yeah. that's exactly what you said, Santosh. They're not living. It's a misfolded protein that makes other proteins surrounding it misfold as well and then join up to form these kind of damaged like fibrils and tangles. Yeah, they they get in the they literally just take up space and incite inflammation and you know it, it's basically the last the, of us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it is the weirdest um you know just kind of wasting you know, scorched earth type disease. Like the prion doesn't get anything out of it, the host doesn't get anything out of it. It's just degradation. It's awful. So in almost every prion disease, the protein that misfolds is one mm-hmm. known as PRP. Yeah. Cleverly named, you know, prion protein. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We we uh, have identified these. They're oftentimes, Josh, they are native proteins, so they're not invasive or anything like that. Um, but almost like a genetic mutation, you know, they you get the wrong sequence of amino acids and stuff, and they just misfold and then induce this misfolding. In, so the yeah. normal function of this isn't entirely clear, but mice engineered without the ability to make PRP are immune to prion diseases without any other apparent side effects. Yeah. And that's because (laughs) there's no, uh, there's no PRP to misfold, which seems to be the only target or at least the main one. Yeah. Meaning that (laughs) that's the most frustrating part. You would like to say that like, Oh, you know, this is a necessary protein for, you know, a metabolic process or a structure or something within a cell, but it doesn't seem to be, it seems like this protein can just F off. (laughs) It's such a, so the researchers at Sangamo therapeutics made a protein that binds to a specific sequence of DNA right near the gene that produces PRP Mm -hmm. and therefore blocks it. It never gets made. And therefore you are immune to prion diseases. So it's probably not going to do too much if you already have one, but a potential vaccine, you know, or travel vaccine along the way. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, of course, be... of course, it will have to be delivered into into the brain using viruses selected for their ability to target neurons. So yes, yeah. So you'd you'd need to use a neurotropic virus. Uh, herpes simplex is often a good one uh, as a vehicle. Uh, toxoplasma, actually, the little parasite that I <laughs> study, is a good one. Can yeah. you imagine get herpes so your brain doesn't rot? <laughs> <laughs> there'd there'd be a whole new group of herpetologists Herp- be... herpetologists <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah yeah it's so yeah it, it... Sort of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah to prove it's effective the researchers infected mice with prions untreated mice got symptoms about 120 days later and all were dead at 160 days but if they were given a single dose of a virus carrying the gene for the impaired PRP protein, yeah, and this would come 60 days into infection or 120 days later when the mice started to develop symptoms. Sure. A year later, so 360 days, a full 200 longer than the control mice, 10 of the mice were still alive out of 19. And oh, nice. Five made it all the way to 500 days. So not bad. It's not, we're not even talking a cure in mice. It is a long time away from being seen in a human sphere, but there is definitely a possibility that, you know, one of the untreatable diseases may not remain. So. Gotcha. 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 Very cool. Oh, I'm glad the mice don't need prions. It's a story for another time. But it looks like, you know, there are some upsides to prions in terms of evolutionarily, like the role that they play in things like long-term memory and stuff like that. But for now, nuts to them all and the anything that we can do to squash them into oblivion, especially the misfolded ones, you guys, Sangano, way to go. You are doing the Lord's work. So we'll follow along with that story to see how it develops and let's take a moment here Mm -hmm. to appreciate the fine folks who keep this podcast going that's uh you and me santosh give ourselves a round of applause yay more kermit arms (laughs) And, and to keep doing so we would love to be able to do more of our speaking engagements like comic book medicine or 80 plagues, or maybe there's something else you want to hear. So sign up with us at travelmedicinepodcast.com and we'll even throw in a free 80 plagues book. Yeah. Which you can share with all your friends without (laughs) infecting computers. (laughs) You'll really love it. Honestly, it is well produced and uh, it's it's a lot of hard work from Dr. Josh. I will take credit for doing some edits. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of shoring it up, but he illustrated it beautifully and, you know, you can enjoy it on your, uh, electronic device, or you can print it out and, uh, have a beautiful hard copy as well. Paper books. Okay. Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's hear from a few of the sponsors who helped to keep the lights on. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back. So back to Journal Club. Yay! Yay! And the next one, Santosh, we haven't done a full COVID episode in a while. And I'm, there's just enough research to make its own. But I, yeah. <laughs> I did want to at least touch on this story, which is something else that we didn't think possible. And I'm still not entirely sure is probable. Okay, that's fair. Uh, in in the world of COVID, you're talking about. Yes, yes, and more specifically, okay. the world of long COVID, which oh, is yes. what we're getting a chance to study now. You know, yeah. in the post-pandemic era, and one of well, diseases that can prevent or decrease the likelihood of long COVID are in short supply. And one of the new ones may be something that is very, very common to the point that I think. Even a lot of lay people would know it without having the condition, and that's metformin used in the treatment of diabetes, type 2 oh, diabetes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And it's not as well known in uh, you know circles outside of pediatrics, but in adolescent medicine, oh, I guess in actually adult medicine also, it is used to treat uh, other diseases such as polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, because that comes along with some degree of insulin resistance, but it also it helps uh, ameliorate a lot of the symptoms of PCOS as well. And I think it's found its way. I, I correct me if I'm wrong into diseases like pre-diabetes as well, in order to actually like slow the you know kind of forward march to diabetes if you're on a bad path. Now. Before everybody runs out and starts clearing the shelves of this like it's toilet paper, I want yeah, to emphasize yes. <laughs> we're talking about a research study, and they also said it really has only been shown to be effective, at least based on a lot of the population, in those who are already overweight or obese, and therefore more statistically likely to already be on metformin for, as you said, Santosh, prediabetes or PCOS or some or of the diabetes. other conditions that can right. affect your yeah, me- yeah, I your metabolism. We, yeah, we. I, I don't think we want to go on the rant already to, uh, you know, all the folks who've been, frankly, depriving people of necessary drugs and using <laughs> diabetic medication for cosmetic purposes by and large. So, but Carolyn anyway. <laughs> Carolyn Bramante at the University of Minnesota, and at Al. Um, yeah. who is, who is this app? Yeah. No. I don't know, no. man, but he's in everything. <laughs> she, I don't know. <laughs> um, tested the potential of several different therapies, including metformin and 
has been shown in a few smaller studies to limit the replication of SARS-CoV-2 in a laboratory setting. So they looked at 1,100 people between the ages of 30 to 85 who had tested positive for COVID within the past three days. Now, because we do see a lot of asymptomatic infections now, we don't necessarily know that they had only been positive for three days, but they had tested within so. They were, of those 1,100, they were all overweight or obese by BMI, which can raise the risk of severe COVID-19, but none of them required hospital care for this infection. Got it. So they had mild enough disease that they didn't need to be on oxygen or receive steroids or, you know, all these others. Okay. They were then randomized into four different groups, including mm. combat. Well, uh, well, it was actually two by three, but yeah, it was yeah. lots. So of they got combinations of metformin, uh-huh. ivermectin, which by the time the study was done, we already know has no effect whatsoever. Right. So not entirely clear why that was chosen, but it's in there. Well, to be very fair, so this was between December of 2020 and January 28th of 2022. So this is while we were still examining ivermectin as a possible candidate for an antiviral. Along with the antidepressant medicine fluvoxamine or a placebo. Gotcha. And they did try metformin plus placebo, ivermectin plus placebo, and then fluvoxamine plus placebo. So basically they paired metformin with these three drugs, and then they gave those three drugs without the metformin on it. Following up with everybody at 10 months, 6% of those who had taken metformin were diagnosed with long COVID, which sounds high until you compare to 10% on placebo. suggesting that the drug prevented, you know, around 40% of long COVID cases. Yeah. uh, Assuming, you know, again, same people in the groups, which is why you had the placebo. Neither ivermectin or fluvoxamine had any effect on the risk. Yeah. The the relative risk reduction over time was, you know, not brilliant, but it was pretty good. Well, I mean, a 40% decrease is pretty impressive, but again... Most of the study population was fully vaccinated, so already at a lower risk for getting long COVID. We don't know what else was going on in those 10 months. So there's a lot of potential confounds here that don't make this study invalidating, but could muddle the results a bit. Sure, sure. So I think it was a fair pilot. And overall, when the the investigators took a look at the you know long covid diagnoses of the folks who received metformin versus those who had a matched placebo they actually saw that in in terms of statistics the the two groups metformin versus placebo were almost the same in terms of their risk profile and the you know we had other issues going on in terms of, well, the younger folks, for instance, Josh, uh, they did much better in this 
cohort than the older people over 45 years of age. And the variant, Alpha, Delta, or Omicron, did matter in terms of which ones caused more long COVID. So, uh, but yeah, overall. Now, interestingly, Josh, when the the medication metformin was paired with ivermectin or fluvoxamine, the <laughs> the results weren't as good for those populations. Uh, it wasn't statistically significant, but actually ivermectin and fluvoxamine didn't help, and it may have even hindered uh, the effect of the metformin. You have brought the whole class down. Yeah. <laughs> We yeah, are. It's, we've got a beautiful candidate here for you know a, a protective medication, and it's also nice because it's ubiquitous. It's cheap, you know. Now, what's not clear is if it'll work on people who are not pre-diabetic or are not overweight or obese, because that literally was the entire test population. That's true. Yes. So, it'll be a very interesting study to continue with. But let's move on to our last improbable and now surprising story. And it is, you'll be happy to hear this, Santosh, another new antibiotic. (laughs) We we laugh, listening audience, but... (laughs) <laughs> they they don't come gushing out the fire hose anymore. It's no that yeah that's true. There uh, there's part of me that celebrates, especially if it has a novel approach to antibiosis, meaning that it doesn't necessarily if if it's the type of antibiotic that's not necessarily in its own or sorry it it, it is not part of a previous class, meaning that oh okay it's just you know, it's a cephalosporin, but it's something new or a penicillin or something new. But there's another part of my brain, even as I celebrate an antibiotic, that goes, when are we going to get resistance to this one? <laughs> it's very like Eeyore, the old gray donkey. Say, so, okay, okay yeah. Eeyore. Well, <laughs> if we head on down to the sandy soil of North Carolina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And scoop up some scoop up some of that soil and then travel with it all the way over to Utrecht University in the Netherlands. Uh, (laughs) What are you doing right now? (laughs) Uh, The soil part I got, almost all of our antibiotics have come from bacteria or fungi in the soil. Yeah, but it was U.S. soil from the Netherlands. So so researcher Marcus Weingarth. Yeah. Uh, studied the soil and found that it killed a range of disease-causing bacteria, including mm-hmm. MRSA. That's that's practically you know admission at the door right yes. there. Yes, you know that's the that's, that's VIP you know mm-hmm. club kind of thing. That that is the person who like the bouncer doesn't even need to check his list. And, and you know, know the person who's hot and they knows and they knows it. Yeah, <laughs> and you know the person who is hot and knows it. Well. Well, this bacteria not only can take on the MRSA superbug, but also tuberculosis. Oh, my God. This is like the VIP of the VIP. This is this is the hot celebrity that gets admitted through the side door, like not even through the front. 
Although there are scientific <laughs> paparazzi around going, oh, yeah. how impressive, because <laughs> we need to study this. And that's absolutely because most of our existing antibiotics target the cell wall around bacteria, which is you know like a chicken wire kind of structure that surrounds the soft, squishy cell insides. Yeah. So if that is disrupted, everything rushes in and the cells pop. Uh, they burst open and die. Um, yeah. This is a great target because this cell wall isn't in our cells. So antibiotics will only kill bacteria. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's if we don't have something that this chemical, this this little molecule can attack, then it can't attack us. That doesn't mean it's side effect free, <laughs> but it just means that, you know, it won't destroy our cells outright. No, usually the side effect is diarrhea. Like about 80% of the time. Yeah. As we kill off the good bacteria in our gut, along with trying to kill the culprit that's trying to kill us. But most of these existing antibiotics usually target proteins that assemble the cell wall. And the bacteria in an endless game of cat and mouse will then just alter the shape of that individual enzyme to evade attack. Right, right. So these are actually called, we, we have named them as penicillin binding proteins because these things that make the cell wall, penicillin binds to those and, and activates those so the cell wall can't be built. So clovibactin, which is our new antibac- which is our new antibiotic, targets a group found on not just one, but three different components of cell walls. So to survive, a bacterium would have to alter all three and the likelihood of being able to do that without making a fatal mistake (laughs) is going to be much, much harder to develop resistance. So uh, cheer up, Santosh. It'll be a while. (laughs) That would be so good. So I... I do want to give a a bit of a shout out because we've mentioned this other antibiotic before. So this was kind of created imitating a previous discovery. So there was a development called iChip, and this provided access to a broad diversity of uncultured bacteria from the soil. And out of this, I think you remember, Josh, a while back, we talked about this brand new class of antibiotics. So the the one that we discovered first was Teixobactin, the T-E-I-X-O-B-A-C-T-I-N. And this one was isolated from LF, uh, sorry, let me pronounce this. L-M-F-A-O? No, <laughs> Elephtheria terre. <laughs> Is in the house tonight. <laughs> so again, it binds to these lipid precursors of the cell wall. And so you get these supramolecular structures and that, that basically just sticks like a big plaque and the membrane just becomes unstable and it falls down. So essentially uh, using the same kind of a technique because, you know, Tyshobactin was the kind of the, the parent compound. This one, Clovibactin, is a cousin of this. And so far, Josh, I don't think we've seen Tyshobactin, you know, march its way down like phase two and phase three trials. Um, but hopefully this whole class of antimicrobials will start to emerge more and more, uh, prove itself in, in human trials, and we'll be able to actually, you know, get it 
And more things to make you feel good. The team <laughs> yeah. has already exposed bacteria to low doses of clovibactin. And okay. that's, that's an intentional choice. Yeah. Folks <laughs> this is home. in culture, right? In a Petri dish. Huh? Yeah. So in high bacteria culture, you give low doses of antibiotic to see if you can provoke resistance. And they got none. They said they tried very hard. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when you have a low dose, bacteria are much more likely to quickly overcome the antibiotic and acquire resistance by outcompeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, this will not treat any gram-negative bacteria. And gram-negative, again, counterintuitively, has an extra membrane outside the cell wall. <laughs> so they're negative because it does not pick up the stain that we use to detect bacteria. Yeah, the the staining that we use, and and when you wash away or you counter stain, then they appear light pink rather than dark purple on your hematoxin and eosinophil stain, gram stain. Sorry. So in mice tests, in field testing, in field mice testing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. No adverse effects. So mm-hmm. Novobiotic Pharmaceuticals is now developing it further towards humans. But in a, a wonderful parting shot from the scientist in charge, uh, sure. researcher Weingarth, he says, it's a very, very long way from mice to humans. I repeat, I do not want to oversell this. <laughs> I think that is a very responsible thing to say. Uh, as we said, just to give everybody a kind of peek behind the curtain of how research and development goes, Taisha Bacton was discovered, you know, between four institutions in the US and Germany who used this isolation chip, found this hard to culture bacteria, Eleftheria terrae, and found this antibiotic chemical, Taisha Bacton, tested it, looked at it beautifully, but we're still waiting for it to advance through, you know, animal and human trials and and everything else like that. So these things do not move quickly, folks. That's what I'm going to name the episode, Santosh Journal Club. Mm. I don't want to oversell this. Yeah, <laughs> that'll get people to click on it. <laughs> I don't know. Did did it work? Did you like? <laughs> would you like to have more of these kinds of journals answered? Did we oversell this? <laughs> Reach out and contact us at travelmedicinepodcast.com. You mean you don't want to brand this as this may cure every illness ever? More no, seven. <laughs> that would be Journal Club. I definitely want to oversell this. <laughs> I don't know. I I love nuance, and I'm glad that we're nuanced. But I don't do the clickbaity things work. You let us know, or do you do you guys want us to stay nuanced? <laughs> Subtlety. It's what we're known for. Yeah. So that's it for this week. As always, we love to hear your comments, questions, and feedback. If you'd like to support us spiritually, emotionally, or financially, links to do that are in the show notes, or by signing up for our mailing list about future appearances, shindigs, and get-togethers on Discord or otherwise. I fully understand if nobody wants to make the get-togethers, but you do not want to miss the shindigs. I'm just... Or the ice cream socials. <laughs> Can't back that up. Nope. Not 
promise ice cream <laughs> every time. More people will come if you tell them to be punching pie. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. It's going to be. All right, audience. I want everyone out there who's old enough to remember punching pie. <laughs> Our theme music. Please let us know that we're not that old. (laughs) Our theme music is composed by Rachel Leisure. This show is produced by me with a lot of help from Dr. Santosh and friends. And until next time, as always, keep a song in your heart, soap on your hands, a shot in your arm, spin a globe, find a place that's open and looks interesting. And when you've done all those things, happy travels. (laughs) Erma gay, you gay, you gay. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.